podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello everyone. Today I'm speaking with Natasha Margaritas. Natasha is a public speaking coach. She works with business owners and professionals to help them conquer their fear and catapult their influence. So let's talk to Natasha and learn more about how to go beyond your fear. Welcome, Natasha. Welcome to Your Career Down Under Show. Thank you, Neshad. It's a pleasure to be here joining you on the show. So, Natasha, let's start with giving our listeners a bit of idea about your career journey. Where did you start and what do you do now? I always like to think of my career beginnings as humble beginnings because mm-hmm. back then when I was just starting out getting my first job, I was always focused on getting a media job of some kind, Uh uh, whether that was film production, which I eventually went on to doing, or whether that was television production or whether that was digital production in terms of animation studios and things like Mm -hmm. that. So I pretty much jumped straight into film production because when you live in Chennai in India, film is a big deal and it was just an automatic thing that straight after I finished my visual communication bachelor's, I said, okay, what am I going to do with myself now? And I was quite lost to be really honest. I didn't have it all worked out. And I just took the first opportunity that I got and I'm glad I did in a sense. Mm -hmm. I know the world keeps saying, oh, don't really grab the first opportunity that you yeah, get. True. When you're young, right, Nesha? And I know you might share this sentiment as well. Yeah. That when you're young, you really got to just experiment with things yes. before you settle. Absolutely. Before you just pick one. Yeah. It's a big deal to pick one area of work. Yeah, what do you imagine? Yeah. And so when I did film production, it was a great experience. I got to work with a team. I got to work and learn that I wanted to help the actors with their speaking. Mm -hmm. At a very early stage, I just didn't know it Mm -hmm. um, back then. And then obviously moving into the animation studios and things like that. I crafted a lot of scripts back then. And again, I didn't realize how much I loved the script writing part of the process right? Uh, in dealing with all these projects, then going straight into television production, which is the stepping stones, I guess, to becoming a television presenter. Yes. It's so interesting to look back and think of how I've gotten to where I am now. <laughs> yeah. It's been a crazy roller coaster ride journey, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and becoming a TV presenter at such a young age of mm. uh, 20, 21. Yeah. It's a very impressionable age, as you can Absolutely. imagine, especially for a woman in India. Yeah. 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 So that, I guess, does that answer your question too? It does. It does. And starting your role with one of India's leading television news channels yes. is also pretty daunting. Oh, absolutely. When I started out, I have to say though, when I started out, I didn't walk in to the interview room and go like, right, I'm going to interview for a presenter's role or a producer's role. No, I was nobody back Mm. then. And 
I walked in for a production assistant role. Okay. Which is basically nobody. <laughs> you're, you're a rat. You're a rat. Yeah. You're the runt of the litter. I think that would be a better way to put it. <laughs> and you're literally like a deer in the headlights when you walk into these big mm. studios and you don't have the experience, but they seem to have given you the opportunity to come in and get a foot in the door. Yeah. That's literally how I saw it. And yeah. my mother, when I used to come home as a production assistant, my mother yeah. would tell me, don't look at it for what it is now. Look at it for <laughs> yeah. what it could be in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will never forget that. What she yeah. said. Some stuff, you know, back then I used to say, Ma, shush. I, don't, <laughs> I really don't want to listen to you. But when I look back, yeah. you know, her words were literally gold. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I climbed the ladder over the years in NDTV. I think yeah. I'm allowed to say that. That's right. Absolutely. You are. <laughs> so, from that, and yeah. what do you do now then, Natasha? So, when I left NDTV, mm-hmm. people thought I was mad. Mm-hmm. Right. They thought, oh, why are you leaving such a great job and things? But I wanted to experience a new lease of life in sure. Australia and uh, come over to an English speaking country. Mm-hmm. And because I have a great love for the English language, not just because I read books, actually, I'm the worst reader on earth, but I do love communicating in the English language because that's predominantly what the world communicates in. Yeah. And when I came here, I finished my master's and I interacted with so many people. A lot of them were business owners. Mm -hmm. And in my previous role of working with uh, business owners here in Australia, Mm -hmm. I learned all of their struggles. And many of their struggles were around the area of communication. Some of them, when I had meetings with them, right, Mm -hmm. Nesha? And you would know this because you work in careers, right? You work in uplifting people in their careers and positioning them in the right place and just equipping them, right? Yes. So when I spoke to all these business owners, my Mm. heart would sink because they said to me so many times, I have all these ideas. I want to start this particular area, this new wing of my business, but I don't know how to bring my team on board for mm. them to answer the questions, answer mm. the client questions in the right way. I don't know how to transfer my vision to them. Mm. I don't know how to captivate my audience when it comes to speaking engagements. Yeah. And I really didn't know why they would share all these things with me Yeah. in a business meeting of all things. Mm. What I realized was they appreciated my skill. Mm. This was much later that I realized yeah. that they appreciated my communication skill. They said they saw something different about me. Sure. And so I said, you know what? I have an opportunity here. Yeah. Am I going to let the opportunity pass or am I going to do something about this? Absolutely. And it was a big, big decision for me to sort of stop being an employee and start being an entrepreneur or Mm. or a business owner. I'm not an Mm. entrepreneur. I have to say I'm not an entrepreneur yet. Sure. I'm a business owner, but the decision was around being Mm. a public speaking coach. Right. And really empowering business owners to conquer that fear that they have yeah. around the audience, around mm. their capability, the fact that they're more than enough, they've got mm. more than enough experience and then connect, use that experience to mm. connect with their audience. And eventually the end result would be that they would have industry influence. Mm. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what I wake up every single day to do. And along yeah. the way, I help people build resilience for the craft. Mm. Mm. So they don't just quit when they make the first appearance. It can be very daunting when you make your I would imagine. Yeah, make your first appearance and then yeah. feel like, oh, that didn't go as well as I thought it would. And now I'm going to yeah. quit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, 
resilience is so key to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, obviously you deal with, as you alluded to, you deal with professionals or business owners who struggle with that fear. Yeah. That's the fear of not knowing, fear of avoiding looking stupid or something else. So how, as you understand the fear much better, what do you see as the origin of fear? Is it something that people develop over a period of time because they are not taking any action or is it more than that? See, what we think fear is not really the actual fact. Fear, let's go right back to the origin of human beings, Mm -hmm. right? Fear in its original form for us as human beings Mm -hmm. came when we needed to protect ourselves from bodily harm, from vicious animals, such as if we were trying to fish in the ocean, if there was a shark Mm -hmm. attack, or if we were out in the forest, you know, trying to pick berries. I don't know, I'm just putting it out there so you can imagine it. And there was a big, huge grizzly bear trying to attack us. You would experience fear in its most natural form. Yeah. Now that is the origin of fear. That's Mm. what fear has always been for human Mm. beings. Now, some people who are listening and yourself, you're thinking, oh, but that's not what the kind of fear we experience now, unless you're living somewhere in the Amazon. Sure. And I completely appreciate that. You know, I think of that sometimes as well. But fear needs to be put in its place because Mm. over the years, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands Mm. of years, we have allowed fear to manifest itself in Mm. so many different areas of our lives. Mm. And it's about really knowing where it's coming from. And that's why Mm. I wanted to make sure that everyone understands the foundation on which fear sits on. Right. Right. So you got to ask yourself, hmm. now, are some of these areas that I have fear in, such as public speaking or yes. just uh, talking to your boss about an appraisal or whatever, talking to your boss about a raise, different areas that we have fear in. Yeah. Now, you got to ask yourself, is this bodily harm? Hmm. Is this fear going to come around and hack my arm off? Hmm. Or is it going to bite off a chunk of my flesh? Yeah. Right? And 95, no, actually I'd go further. I'd go yeah. 99.9% of the time. Yeah. It's a no. The answer yeah, true. is no. True. So. <laughs> true. Uh, it's absolutely true. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. So it starts with the fear around physical damage to yourself, to you mm. or someone who is with you. And then. Yeah. It- it kinds of grips over in a lot of the situation. I'll probably give you an example of just today in the morning. My son, one of the major struggle that I have with my son, not the major, but one of the struggle that I have is he keeping himself sort of hygienic, if, mm. right? So, you know, mm. doing his brush properly, taking shower properly and everything yeah. else, right? Yeah, yeah. And probably two or three times in a week, I have to really remind him again of that. Mm-hmm. Even though he's my son, he probably fears me a lot. I, <laughs> I'm afraid of telling him every time this, honestly. Uh, <laughs> where I, I literally don't have to physically or mentally fear. But what I'm afraid of is to upset him. Is to mm. tell, oh, here you go, the dad, come on, give me a break. Mm. And then we'll have again confrontation. So in that sense, I'm also having that fear of Mm. telling my son to do what's right and what's best for him. Mm. Mm. So that's how it manifests in my life. This is probably the most simplistic analogy. Obviously, there are more other areas as well. 
Oh, so, absolutely. You know, so yeah. which other areas that you have seen in your interactions with your client, where does it really manifest in other areas? Fear manifests primarily when it comes to rejection. Hmm. Fear of being rejected by hmm. strangers when you step up in front of an audience by someone who might be close to you, such as the immediate team that you work with. Yeah. Because when you get rejected by your team, you have to go back and face them yeah. in day-to-day life, right? And that, so that can really grip some of my clients. And I really empathize because I've been there. I know exactly what that feels like. Then the other area is just simple judgment. There's a difference yeah. between rejection and judgment because judgment is usually loud and clear, mm. right? When people look at you a certain way, it actually sounds louder mm. in your head when you're mm. speaking. And the other area is disappointment. Okay. Where, for example, you walk into a room, you present, and then your boss pulls you aside and says, hey, I actually didn't think you did a great job. Yes. Some bosses handle it beautifully. Yeah. And some bosses do not handle it well yeah. at all. You know, they prefer to be domineering. They prefer to make the other person feel like they are failure. Yes. So all of these things are what I would categorize under Mm. past experiences and current circumstances. Mm. Okay. And the last one is Mm. the misplaced fear of harm, Mm. where we ought to know fear comes from a place where you we're supposed to be fearing bodily harm we're supposed to protect ourselves from bodily harm but instead we're allowing past experiences and current circumstances to manifest itself into fear Hmm. oh this is going to happen again oh my goodness i'm going to get rejected again oh my goodness i'm going to get judged by this audience yeah and we build it up in our minds that Hmm. oh my goodness my son is going to be disappointed with me Hmm. or my son is going to be feeling like oh you know dad's at it again Hmm. or yes that's how we allow it's a sense of allowing it to come into our lives but let me give you an analogy you know when boxer stands in a ring right yes and he's been training. He's sure. been training and training and training and training and training until this moment where he's got this big fight coming up. Yeah. And he's there. He's, he's already he's warmed up and he's just pounding, right? And mm. so as he's getting ready, he's right before his eyes and he's just waiting. He's waiting. Now, I build this moment up because the other guy is doing the exact same thing. He's been through the exact mm. same journey. He's been training. Now, the only difference between these two opponents is the guy who knows where the punch is coming from. Yeah. The guy who knows whether the other person is going to give you an uppercut Mm. or not. Mm. Right. And when you know where your fear is coming from, you can put it to rest. Yeah. Right. But it takes training. Yeah. It takes working with someone who really knows how to put it to rest, how to... Mm get you to recognize that it's not real. This Mm. fear is not real. You can take control over it. You can actually arrest it. You can put it in the grave and bury it. Yeah. Right. And that's Mm. what I get. It's such an honor to be able to help people Mm. do that because Mm. it is empowering. It really is. Mm. You know, you ask me what kinds of people I work with. Yeah in this area, they are digital marketing business owners, right? Yes. And they're people who have a wealth, I mean, 30 years worth of sales experience. And yet, these are people who have conquered so many areas, Mm. Mm. but yet they still fear public speaking. Yeah. 
And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people like yeah. this. And I genuinely believe that we are not meant to fear public speaking. We're not designed that way originally. Sure. Yeah. We are genuinely designed to fear a bear or a dog or right. a shark. We're right. not meant to fear <laughs> yeah. public speaking or yeah. all these other areas of our lives. Yes. Where yeah. We're supposed yeah. to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. This brings me to one of my colleagues. She tells me a story around doubts and which is probably similar to how we deal with fear. Now, when we used to work in the occupational rehab organizations where we are dealing with people with multiple barriers to jobs, you know, physical and psychological injuries, mm. there's a sense of doubt before you meet them about what they will respond, whether I'll be able to help them, not help them. I've never had this kind of situation before. There's always an element of doubt with us when we, mm. when we start interaction. And she tells me a story that she always deals with her tiger with a name. She says, I named doubt as a tiger. And I physically point to the tiger and say, tiger, I know you are there. I'm happy with you being there, but don't disturb me and let me handle this meeting first and then I'll deal with it. And, oh, wow. and I said, that's such a simple but a very profound way of acknowledging the doubt. Oh, absolutely. And yes. then say, look, just be there. I'm not even asking you to go away. Just be there, but don't disturb me right now. Let me deal with this particular first. And I find that so fascinating that it could be a pen. It could be, I don't know, it could be just your phone and say, look, this is my doubt. I'm naming you this as a doubt mm. this year and tell that person, tell that out clearly that I have a doubt. Mm. That kind of thing help people, you reckon? Oh, goodness. You hit the nail on the head, Nesha. I think a lot of people don't want to acknowledge their mm. fears. Mm. And that's the first problem. Mm. I have to take a big sigh when I start with this one yeah. because it really pains me. As a coach, I'm so passionate about helping people, yes. but if people don't want to be helped, it's a whole different story altogether, sure. right? And that's where it begins. Mm. When you acknowledge, look, I have this fear mm. and I don't know what to do about it or mm. I want to do something about it. Yeah. Now, how can I do something about it? Now, that's the next step right? How can I do something about this fear is the next step. But the first thing we all have to do is acknowledge the elephant in the room. Mm. Because if we keep brushing it under the carpet, it's going to pile up dust mm. under the carpet. Mm. And then eventually the carpet is going to have this big, huge bulge mm. sticking out. And mm. when you walk over the carpet, you're going to trip and fall. Yeah. And it's going to hurt you. Yeah. Right. And I'm not trying to put fear in people when I say that, right? No, sure. not at all. I am actually trying to empower people to mm. nip it in the bud early on, mm. as opposed to allowing it to fester and breed its own disease, mm. right? If you have a dustbin that's got banana peels and, I don't know, scraps of meat, yeah. in, right? What's going to happen to that dustbin if you leave it there for a week? It'll stink. Exactly. Yeah. And so if you know, or if you know something's wrong, let's start with that. If you know mm. something's not right, mm. why can't I get past this particular problem or this area? Mm. Why can't I get along with this one person in the office? You got to stop and think, okay, mm. what is bothering me right now? Mm. And slowly you'll start to answer that question mm. of what kind of fear you have. Mm. It always usually boils down to a fear. I'll give you an example in my own sure. life. Yeah. 
I didn't know I was experiencing fear of failure for a mm. long time mm. because I brushed it under the carpet. Mm. I allowed the dustbin mm. to stink for weeks and weeks mm. and weeks. Mm. And I mean, it went on for a long time. Sure. So what happened was I was having nervous breakdowns for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Because I didn't address the elephant in the room mm. by saying, all right, I acknowledge you. And by giving it a name, like yeah. the person you mentioned earlier, the yeah. lady you mentioned earlier, yeah. by yeah. giving it a name, a tiger or whatever, mm. Mm. it's actually so much more powerful mm. Mm. because that issue no longer has control over you. You have yeah. control over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. the starting point by giving yeah. it a name and saying, you know, some people like to give it human names. Some people sure. like to give it animal names. Some people sure. like to give it whatever. Whatever works for you. Sure, absolutely. But absolutely. acknowledging it. Yeah. And I had to acknowledge my fear of failure as well. I had yeah. to say, okay, right. You are not real. Yeah. You are not going to come and harm me. Mm. So I started writing out every time I experienced it, every time I started mm. sweating or feeling like I was having an anxiety attack yeah. or whatever. And I had to write down all those things. And I say, no, you are, don't have any control over me. Mm. It was a daily thing. And for some people, it's a daily thing. For me, it was a really extreme version. Yes, Absolutely. So, so yeah. I empathize with people who are gripped with that because I yeah. know what that feels like. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think what you said about the acknowledging the fear, the first thing yeah. is absolutely fine. Uh, that's what everything begins with. I think I recently shared my that peach experience with you. Mm. One of the things retrospectively looking back, what I did not acknowledge at that time was that I was absolutely shit scared. Yeah. But I did yeah. not acknowledge because I was so much into that moment. I was gripped by the excitement and nervousness yeah. that I did not yes. even think about it. Yes. To acknowledge, had I acknowledged that fear that, look, I'm really scared to go up to talk to 70 people about yeah. what I do. <laughs> And if I show the clip to you, you know, I think I shared that with you that I don't even have the courage to go back and look at that clip because I was <laughs> shaking. I was, yeah. you know, I was not within myself. Mm. And so I could uh, fully understand the acknowledgement or accepting. That's how it is. You don't need yeah. to be something that who you are not. Yeah. So now going forward, what are some of the practical tips or hacks that you can give our listeners so that they can actually start to implement those things? Well, the number one thing is you got to ask yourself what kind of week you've had hmm. before you step on stage, before mm -hmm. you give a presentation. What happened in the last few days leading up to this particular hmm. speaking engagement? Mm -hmm. Now you're probably thinking, what, Natasha? What does that have to do with anything? Yeah. Well, well, let me tell you, I work with a lot of clients who have very, very busy schedules. Yes. And they are packed with stuff. Mm. They're packed with conversations, mm. uncomfortable conversations sometimes. Mm. And if you're a business owner and you have an employee, for example, who is domineering and who kind of offsets the entire team and the dynamic of your team, it's going to bother the crap out of you. Yeah. Now, whether you like to admit it or not, that's a different story altogether. Yeah. Right. But I always, always get you to be honest with yourself. Mm. You don't have to say it to anyone else, but just be honest to yourself and say, have I had a crappy week? Have I had one person mm. who's bothered me, who said something that's put me off, who's made me feel bad? It could be a client even, Nisha. Sure. It could be a client even where the person has given you some constructive criticism or some mm. feedback. And if you're a perfectionist, it's going to get you down. Yeah. 
it's going to make you feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. Or this client was so precious to me. I've got to make up for the impression I've made or whatever, right? Yeah. And when you get up on stage, the brain has a way of bringing only the worst into your mind. Mm. The worst case scenario, right? And so first and foremost, ask yourself, what is that moment in my week yeah. where it really bothered me? Mm. And then I want you to imagine the one major victory you had yeah. in the last month, mm. right? And if you can imagine defeating that bad experience mm -hmm. in your mind, yeah. and I go through a specific exercise where you yeah. can actually learn how to completely crush your bad experience, yeah. right? your unpleasant experience is what I call it. And mm. every single time, Nesha, yeah. people open their eyes from this exercise mm. and they go, wow, I feel like a weight off my shoulders. Mm. Wow, I feel like I don't even remember the experience anymore. Mm. And that's what we need to do to lift ourselves off of, yeah. of what has happened during the week. Yeah. We take it for granted sometimes. We think, oh, we don't really need to deal with what's happened in the week. But yeah. even if you look, if you ask a mindset coach, you ask anyone who's dealing with the mind, yeah. they'll tell you that it's the, one of the most important things mm. that we need to address first and foremost. Mm. The second thing is write a list of things that have happened in your past. Yeah. And some clients, they're very free with me and they share that list. And it's a very vulnerable sure, absolutely. place to be. Right. Uh, write a list of past experiences. Yeah. There was one client who said, I've been chased by a ferocious dog mm. and I've been bitten. Yeah. And you don't really think about it, that that could come and haunt you when you're yes. standing on stage. But yeah. to be really honest with you, yeah, it does. I know the brain has a way also of yeah. masking. Yeah. Fears. Oh, it doesn't look like a ferocious mm. dog, but it actually is the ferocious dog. Yeah. So. That's another thing. We've got to write mm. down all those past experiences yeah. and know that it's not real. It's not real. When you look out into an audience, right, Nesha? Yes. You're looking at human beings That's who right. have just the same amount of fears, just the same amount mm. of insecurities, and they all have had failures. They've all experienced bad mm. experiences. Yeah. And you're not, however, looking out at an audience full of ferocious dogs. Yeah who are going to come and hack an arm off, right? And, and who are not going to come and cause you bodily harm. So mm. if you can acknowledge that, if you can actually do that mm. in the moment. Say, you know what? This is not going to harm me. This mm. is not going to cause me physical pain. Yeah. And so it's got no power over me. I'm going to do mm. this. Mm. So there are so many different ways. Yes. I mean, we could sit here for hours and talk about True. True. individual ways. True based on where people are yeah. at in life, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a way, it's unpacking or dismantling how has been your week or day or probably the last few hours has been for you and really yeah. getting to the probably simplicity or to the very facts of what happened and then you can dismantle that and that oh, yeah. an opportunity to move on from there. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. My sincere advice... One last thing mm -hmm. um, is please do not take for granted small things that happen in your day. Mm -hmm. Please don't take it for granted because yeah. the moment you dismiss something, the yeah. more power it has over you. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, Nishad, you made a great point with the tiger reference. Yeah. You made a really good point with that. The moment you acknowledge the elephant in the room, the more you have power over it and it has nothing over you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now, so let's say, Natasha, if people want your help, people want to learn more about how to deal with their own fear, whether that's public speaking, whether that's presentation, whether that's interviews, or whether that's just general fear that people have, yeah. how do they really contact you? So my primary focus is to empowering business owners. Yep. And I shared earlier, right, for why I'm so passionate about that area. And so if you're a business owner and if you have certain things that seem to be gripping you as fear in your life, or if you just don't know how to connect with your audience in an engaging, captivating manner, Mm. or if maybe you're a seasoned business owner who has been there, done that, you've got so much wealth of experience under your belt and you just want to have influence in your industry as a speaker. Mm. You want to say yes to speaking engagements. So far, you've been saying no, 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 because you really don't have the confidence. Yes. Then get in touch because for me personally, it's a long-term thing. Sure. I don't do short-term stuff. I don't release people after a course and go, yeah, go jump into the deep end now and do it yourself. No, for me, I love championing people throughout their journey. So that way, when the chips are down, I help you pick yourself up Mm. and keep going no matter what. No matter what, yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah. That dream is yours. That dream is yours. You got to just keep going. Chip away at it little by little. Yeah. And so that's what I love doing. So you can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. It's pretty straightforward. Natasha Margaritas. Yeah. I can spell that out because most people think yeah, it's Margarita. Absolutely. It's not Margarita. Uh, it's Margaritas. It's a Greek word, not a Spanish word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Natasha, N-A-T-A-S-H-A, normal spelling. And... Um, M-A-R-G-A-R-I-T-I-S. So that's uh, that's me on LinkedIn and yeah. the same for my website, natashamargaritas.com. Excellent. All right. That's great. Look, Natasha, it's fascinating to chat with you. Now, you know, I'm sure that we will have positive response from the listeners and we'll definitely want to get you back on on a specific topic once we get some feedback on this podcast. Absolutely, Nishad. And thank you so much for actually taking the time to talk about something that no one wants to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, People want to brush aside the topic of fear. And I just thoroughly enjoyed joining you on your podcast. It's going to go places, I'm sure. Excellent. Thanks, Natasha. Thanks so much, Nishad. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how your career down under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au And if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.